Section 7 of The Glories of Ireland. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate Fallis. The Glories of Ireland. Edited by Joseph Dunn and P. J. Lennox. Law in Ireland by Lawrence Ginnell. B.L.M.P. A Distinction Ireland having been a self-ruled country for a stretch of some two thousand years, then violently brought under subjection to foreign rule, regaining legislative independence for a brief period, toward the close of the eighteenth century, then by violence and corruption deprived of that independence and again brought under the same foreign rule to which it is still subject the expression law in ireland comprises the native and the foreign the laws devised by the irish nation for its own governance and the laws imposed upon it from without two sets codes or systems proper to two entirely distinct social structures having no relation and but little resemblance to each other whatever may be thought of either as law the former is irish in every sense and vastly the more interesting historically archaeologically philologically and in many other ways the latter being english law in ireland and not truly irish in any sense Origin and Character of Irish Law Shenecus Agus Phoenicus Na Erin is Hibernia Antiquitates a Sanctionis Legalis, the ancient laws and decisions of the Feni of Ireland. Shan or Shan, that is old, differs from most Gaelic adjectives in preceding the noun it qualifies it also tends to coalesce and become a prefix shanicus that is ancient law phoenicus that is the law of the feni who were the milesian farmers free members of the clans the most important class in the ancient irish community their laws were composed in their contemporary language the berla feni a distinct form of gaelic several nations of the aryan race are known to have cast into metre or rhythmical prose their laws and other such knowledge as they desired to communicate preserve and transmit before writing came into use the irish went further and for greater facility in committing to memory and retaining there put their laws into a kind of rhymed verse of which they may have been the inventors by this device aided by the isolated geographical position of ireland the sanctity of age and the apprehension that any change of word or phrase might change the law itself these archaic laws when subsequently committed to writing were largely preserved from the progressive changes to which all spoken language are subject with the result that we have to-day embedded in the gaelic text and commentaries of the shenkis moor the book of asil and other law works available in english translations made under a royal commission appointed by government in eighteen fifty two 
and published at intervals extending over forty years in six volumes of ancient laws and institutions of ireland a mass of archaic words phrases law literature and information on the habits and manners of the people not equalled in antiquity quantity or authenticity in any other celtic source in english they are commonly called brehan laws from the genitive case singular of bretham that is judge genitive brehan as aaron is an oblique case of ire and as latin words are sometimes adopted in the genitive in modern languages which themselves have no case distinctions it is not to be inferred from this name that the laws are judge-made they are rather case-law in parts possibly enacted by some of the various assemblies at which the laws were promulgated or rehearsed but for the most part simple declarations of law originating in custom and moral justice and records of judgments based upon the precedents and commentaries in the sort of cases common to agricultural communities of the time many of the provisions being as inapplicable to modern life as modern laws would be to ancient life a reader is impressed by the extraordinary number and variety of cases with their still more numerous details and circumstances accumulated in the course of long ages the manner in which the laws are inextricably interwoven with the interlocking clan system and the absence of scientific arrangement or guiding principle except those of moral justice clemency and the good of the community this defect in arrangement is natural in writings intended as these were for the use of judges and professors experts in the subjects with which they deal but makes the task of presenting a concise statement of them difficult and uncertain society law the law and the social system were inseparable parts of a complicated whole mutually cause and consequence of each other thua clan kinel kine and finye were terms used to denote a tribe or set of relatives in reality or by adoption claiming descent from a common ancestor forming a community occupying and owning a given territory thua in course of time came to be applied indifferently to the people and to their territory finye sometimes designating a whole tribe more frequently meant a part of it occupying a distinct portion of the territory a potential microcosm or nucleus of a clan having limited autonomy in the conduct of its own immediate affairs the constitution of this organism whether as contemplated by the law or in the less perfect actual practice is alike elusive and underwent changes for the purpose of illustration the finye may be said to consist theoretically of the seventeen men frequently mentioned throughout the laws namely the flafinye that is chief of the finye the gelfinye that is his four full-grown sons or other nearest male relatives the derfinye tarfinye and infinye each consisting of four heads of families in wider concentric circles of kinship say first second and third cousins of the flafinye 
the finier was liable in measure determined by those circles for contracts fines and damages incurred by any of its members so far as his own property was insufficient and was in the same degree entitled to share advantages of a like kind accruing intermarriage within this finier was prohibited the modern term sept is applied sometimes to this group and sometimes to a wider group united under a flaw that is chief elected by the flaw finiers and provided for his public services with free land proportionate to the area of the district and the number of clansmen in it clan might mean the whole irish nation or an intermediate homogeneous group of finiers having for wider purposes a flaw ari thua that is king of one thua elected by the flaws and flaw finiers subject to elaborate qualifications as to person character and training which limited their choice and provided with a larger portion of free land this was the lowest chief to whom the title re re that is rex or king was applied a group of these kinglets connected by blood or territory or policy and their flaws elected from a still narrower circle of specially trained men within their own rank the remortois kings of the territory so composed to whose office a still larger area of free land was attached in turn kings of this class with their respective sub-kings and flaws elected from among the riogdauna that is materia principum or king timber a royal finier specially educated and trained a requi supreme over five remorthuas roughly a fourth of ireland these with their respective principal supporters elected the ardry supreme king of ireland who for ages held his court and national assemblies at tara and enjoyed the kingdom of mita for his mensa land usually the election was not direct to the kingship but to the position of tanista second in authority heir apparent to the kingship this was also the rule in the learned professions and noble arts which were similarly endowed with free land the most competent among those specially trained whether son or outsider should succeed to the position and land all such land was legally indivisible and inalienable and descended in its entirety to the successor who might or might not be a relative of the occupant the beneficiaries were however free to retain any land that belonged to them as private individuals membership of the clan was an essential qualification for every position but occasionally two clans amalgamated or a small finier or desirable individual was co-opted into the clan in other words naturalized the rules of kinship determined enyaklung honor value the assessed value of status with its correlative rights obligations and liabilities in connection with all matters civil and criminal largely supplied the place of contract endowed members of the clan with birthrights and bound them into a compact social political and mutual insurance copartnership self-controlled and self-reliant rested on the twofold basis of kinship and property expanding as a clansman by acquisition of property and affluxion of time progressed upward from one grade to another diminishing if he sank vanishing if for crime he was expelled from the clan 
fosterage to our minds one of the most curious customs prevalent among the ancient irish was that of irod also called altar that is fosterage curious in itself and in the fact that in all the abundance of law and literature relating to it no logically valid reason is given why wealthy parents normally put out their children from one year old to fifteen in the case of a daughter and to seventeen in the case of a son to be reared in another family while perhaps receiving and rearing children of other parents sent to them as modern life does not comprise either the custom or a reason for it we may assume that fosterage was a consequence of the clan system and that its practice strengthened the ties of kinship and sympathy this conjecture is corroborated by the numerous instances in history and in story of fosterage affection proving when tested stronger than the natural affection of relatives by birth what is more long after the dissolution of the clans fosterage has continued stealthily in certain districts in which the old race of chiefs and clansmen contrived to cling together to the old sod and the affection generated by it has been demonstrated down to the middle of the nineteenth century the present writer has heard it spoken of lovingly in half irish by simple old people whom to question would be cruel and irreverent land law the entire territory was originally and always continued to be the absolute property of the entire clan not even the private residence of a clansman with its mandigona that is little lawn or precinct of sanctuary within which himself and his family and property were inviolable could be sold to an outsider private ownership though rather favoured in the administration of the law was prevented from becoming general by the fundamental ownership of the clan and the birthright of every free-born clansman to a sufficiency of the land of his native territory for his subsistence the land officially held as described was not until the population became numerous a serious encroachment upon this right what remained outside this and the residential patches of private land was classified as cultivable and uncultivable the former was the common property of the clansmen but was held and used in severalty for the time being subject to gaul clan resumption and redistribution by authority of an assembly of the clan or finye at intervals of from one to three years according to local customs and circumstances for the purpose of satisfying the rights of young clansmen and dealing with any land left derelict by death or forfeiture compensation being paid for any unexhausted improvements the clansmen being owners in this limited sense and the only owners had no rent to pay they paid tribute for public purposes such as the making of roads to the flaw as a public officer as they were bound to render or had the privilege of rendering according to how they regarded it military service when required not to the flaw as a feudal lord which he was not but to the clan of which the flaw was head and representative the uncultivable unreclaimed forest mountain and bog land was common property in the wider sense that there was no several appropriation of it even temporarily by individuals 
it was used promiscuously by the clansmen for grazing stock procuring fuel pursuing game or any other advantage yielded by it in its natural state kings and flaws were great stock-owners and were allowed to let for short terms portions of their official lands what they more usually let to clansmen was cattle to graze either on private land or on a specified part of the official land not measured but calculated according to the number of beasts it was able to support a flaw whose stock for letting ran short hired some from a king and sublet them to his own people a fena etec or calier as a farmer was generally called might hire stock in one of two distinct ways ser free which was regulated by the law left his status unimpaired could not be terminated arbitrarily or unjustly under which he paid one-third of the value of the stock yearly for seven years at the end of which time what remained of the stock became his property and in any dispute relating to which he was competent to sue or defend even though the flaw gave evidence or dare bond which was matter of bargain and not of law was subject to onerous conditions and contingencies including maintenance of kings flaws or brands with their retinues on visitations of disbanded soldiers etc under which the stock always remained the property of the flaw regarding which the kelia could not give evidence against that of the flaw which degraded the kelia and his finier and impaired their status a bargain therefore which could not be entered into without the sanction of the finier this prohibition was rendered operative by the legal provision that in case of default the flaw could not recover from the finier unless their consent had been obtained the letting of stock especially of darstock increased the flaw's power as a lender over borrowers subject however to the check that his rank in enyoclong depended on the number of independent clansmen in his district though workers in precious metals as their ornaments show the ancient irish did not coin or use money sales were by barter all payments tribute rent fulfilment of contract fine damages wages or however else arising were made in kind horses cows store cattle sheep pigs corn meal malt bacon salt beef geese butter honey wool flax yarn cloth dye plants leather manufactured articles of use or ornament gold and silver whatever one party could spare and the other find a use for tributes and rent being alike paid in kind and to the same person were easily confused this tempted the flaw as the system relaxed to extend his official power in the direction of ownership but never to the extent of enabling him to evict a clansman for a crime a clansman might be expelled from clan and territory but apart from crime the idea of eviction from one's homestead was inconceivable not even when a darkelia or unfree peasant failed to make the stipulated payments could the flaw do more than sue as for any other debt and if successful he was bound in seizing to leave the family food material and implements necessary for living and recovering law of distraining Aguil, that is distress was a universal legal mode of obtaining anything due or justice or redress in any matter 
whether civil or criminal contract or tort every command or prohibition of the law if not obeyed was enforced by aguil the brehons reduced all liabilities of whatsoever origin to material value to be recovered by this means hence its great importance the vast amount of space devoted to it in the laws and the fact that the law of distress deals incidentally with every other branch of law and reveals best the customs habits and character of the people a claimant in a civil case might either summon his debtor before a brehon get a judgment and seize the amount adjudged or by distraining first at his own risk force the defendant either to pay or stop the seizure by submitting the matter in dispute to trial before a brehon whom he then could choose there was no officer corresponding to a sheriff to distrain and realize the amount adjudged the person entitled had to do it himself accompanied by a law agent and witnesses after in distress with time elaborate notices at intervals of time sufficient to allow the defendant to consider his position and find means of satisfying the claim if he could in a proper case his hands were strengthened by very explicit provisions of the law if a man who is sued evades justice knowing the debt to be due of him double the debt is payable by him in urgent cases immediate distress was allowed in either case the property seized usually cattle was not taken to the plaintiff's home but put into a pound and by similar easy stages became his property to the amount of the debt the costs were paid out of what remained and any ultimate remainder was returned on a fujur that is serf or other unfree person resident in the territory incurring liability to a clansman the latter might proceed against the flaw on whose land the defendant lived or might seize immediately any property the defendant owned and if he owned none might seize him and make him work off the debt in slavery seizure of property of a person of higher rank than the plaintiff had to be preceded by trusca that is fasting upon him this consisted in waiting at the door of the defendant's residence without food until the debt was paid or a pledge given the laws contained no process more strongly enforced than this a defendant who allowed a plaintiff properly fasting to die of hunger was held by law and by public opinion guilty of murder and completely lost his inoculum both text and commentary declare that whoever refuses to cede a just demand when fasted upon shall pay double that amount if the faster having accepted a pledge did not in due course receive satisfaction of his claim he forthwith distrained taking and keeping double the amount of the debt the law did not allow those whom it at first respected to trifle with justice Trusca is believed to have been of druidical origin, and it retained throughout, even in Christian times, a sort of supernatural significance. Whoever disregarded it became an outcast, and incurred risks and dangers too grave to be lightly faced. Besides being a legal process, it was resorted to as a species of elaborate prayer, or curse, a kind of magic for achieving some difficult purpose this mysterious character enhanced its value in a legal system deficient in executive power non-citizens 
from what precedes it will be understood that there were in ancient ireland from prehistoric times people not comprised in the clan organization and therefore not enjoying its rights and advantages or entitled to any of its land some of whom were otherwise free within certain areas while some were serfs and some slaves those outsiders are conjectured to have originated in the earlier colonists subdued by the milesians and reduced to an inferior condition but the distinction did not wholly follow racial lines persons of pre-milesian race are known to have risen to eminence while milesians are known to have sunk from crime or other causes to the lowest rank of the unfree here and there adar dua that is bond community of an earlier race held together down to the middle ages in districts in which conquest had left them and to which they were restricted beyond that restriction exclusion from the clan and its power some peculiarities of dialect dress and manners and a tradition of inferiority such as still exists in certain parishes they were not molested provided they paid tribute which may have been heavy there were also bothocks that is cotiers and chancletes that is old adherents of a flaw accustomed to serve him and obtain benefits from him if they had resided in the territory for three generations and been industrious thrifty and orderly on a few of them joining their property together to the number of one hundred head of cattle they could emancipate themselves by appointing a flaw finier and getting admitted to the clan till this was done they could neither sue nor defend nor inherit and the flaw was answerable for their conduct there being no prisons or convict settlements any person of whatever race convicted of grave crime or of cowardice on the field of battle and unable to pay the fines imposed captives taken in foreign wars fugitives from other clans and tramps fell into the lowest ranks of the fooder serfs it was as a captive that st patrick was brought in his youth to ireland the law allowed rather than entitled a flaw to keep unfree people for servile occupations and the performance of unskilled labour for the public benefit in reality they worked for his personal profit oftentimes at the expense of the clan they lived on his land and he was responsible for their conduct by analogy the distinctions ser and dare were recognized among them according to origin character and means where these elements continued to be favourable for three generations progress upward was made and ultimately a number of them could club together appoint a flaufinier and apply to be admitted to the clan a mog was a slave in the strict sense usually purchased as such from abroad and legally and socially lower than the lowest fooder duraldus cambrensis writing towards the close of the twelfth century tells us that english parents then frequently sold their surplus children and other persons to the irish as slaves the church repeatedly intervened for the release of captives and mitigation of their condition the whole institution of slavery was strongly condemned as unchristian by the synod held in armagh in eleven seventy one criminal law though there are numerous laws relating to crime to be found chiefly in the book of Asil, criminal law in the sense of a code of punishment there was none 
the law took cognizance of crime and wrong of every description against person character and property and its function was to prevent and restrict crime and when committed to determine according to the facts of the case and the respective ranks of the parties the value of the compensation or reparation that should be made it treated crime as a mode of incurring liability entitled the sufferer or if he was murdered his finier to bring the matter before brehan who on hearing the case made the complicated calculations and adjustments rendered necessary by the facts proved and by the grades to which the respective parties belonged arrived at and gave judgment for the amount of the compensation armed with which judgment the plaintiff could immediately distrain for that amount the property of the criminal and in his default that of his finier the finier could escape part of its liability by arresting and giving up the convict or by expelling him and giving substantial security against his future misdeeds from the number of elements that entered into the calculation of a fine it necessarily resulted that like fines by no means followed like crimes fines like all other payments were adjudged and paid in kind being in some cases of the destruction of property generic a quantity of that kind of property large fines were usually adjudged to be paid in three species one-third in each the plaintiff taking care to inform correctly the brehan of the kinds of property the defendant possessed because he could seize only that named and if the defendant did not possess it the judgment was a blind nut crime against the state or community such as wilful disturbance of an assembly was punished severely these were the only cases to which the law attached a sentence of death or other corporal punishment for nothing whatsoever between parties did the law recognize any duty of revenge retaliation or the infliction of personal punishment but only the payment of compensation personal punishment was regarded as the commission of a second crime on account of a first there was no duty to do this but the right to do it was tacitly recognized if a criminal resisted or evaded payment of an adjudged compensation criminal were distinguished from civil cases only by the moral element the sufferer's right in all cases to choose a brehan the loss of an auchlon partial or whole according to the magnitude of the crime the elements used in calculating the amount of the fine and the technical terms employed the jire was a general name for a fine and there were specific names for classes of fines eric that is reparation redemption was the fine for killing a human being the amount being affected by the distinction between murder and manslaughter and by other circumstances but in no case was a violent death however innocent allowed to pass without reparation being made a fine was awarded out of the property of the convict or of his finier to the finier of the person slain in the proportions in which they were entitled to inherit his property that being also according to their degrees of kinship and the degrees in which they were really sufferers this gave every clan and every clansman in addition to their moral interest a direct monetary interest in the prevention and suppression of crime hence the whole public feeling of the country was entirely in support of the law the honour and interest of community and individual being involved in its maintenance 
the injured person or finye if unable to recover the fine might in capital cases seize and enslave or even kill the convict probably restrained by the fact that there being no officers of criminal law they had to inflict punishment themselves they sometimes imprisoned a convict in a small island or sent him adrift on the sea in a curragh or boat of hide law supported by public opinion powerful because so inspired powerful because unanimous was difficult to evade or resist it so strongly armed an injured person and so utterly paralyzed a criminal that escape from justice was hardly possible the only way in which it was possible was by flight leaving all one's property behind and sinking into slavery in a strange place and this in effect was a severe punishment rather than an escape foreign law the danes and other norsemen were the buccaneers of northwestern europe from the eighth to the eleventh century they conquered and settled permanently in neustria from them called normandy and conquered and ruled for a considerable time england and part of scotland and the isles in ireland they were little more than marauders having permanent colonies only round the coast always subject nominally at least to the ardre or to the local chief paying him tribute when he was strong raiding his territory when he was weak and fomenting recurrent disorder highly prejudicial to law religion and civilization they never made any pretence of extending their laws to ireland and their attempt to conquer the country was finally frustrated at clontarf in ten fourteen the anglo-norman invaders also seized the seaports the earlier of them who went inland partially adopted in the second generation the gaelic language laws and customs as many non-celtic lowlanders of scotland about the same period adopted the gaelic language laws and customs of the highlanders hence they did not make much impression on the gaelic system beyond the disintegrating effect of their imperfect adoption of it into the eastern parts of ireland however a fresh stream of english adventurers continued to flow as aggressive and covetous as their means and prudence permitted calling so much of the country as they were able to wrench from the irish the english pale which fluctuated in extent with their fortunes and when compelled to pay tribute to irish chiefs calling it black rent to indicate how they regarded it their greatest difficulty was to counteract the tendency of the earlier colonists to become hibernicized a most unwilling tribute to the superiority of the irish race they and still more those in england who supported them knew nothing of the irish language laws and institutions but that they should all be impartially hated uprooted and supplanted by english people and everything english as soon as means enabled this to be done this was the amiable purpose of the pompously named statute of kilkenny passed by about a score of these colonists in thirteen sixty seven presuming to speak in the name of ireland the statute prohibited the english colonists from becoming irish in the numerous ways they were accustomed to do and excluded all irish priests from preferment in the church partly because their superior virtue would by contrast amount to a censure the purpose was not completely successful even within the pale outside that precinct the mass of the irish were wholly unconscious of the existence of the statute of kilkenny 
but expressing as the statute did correctly the views of fresh adventurers it became in arrogance and in the pretension to speak for the whole of ireland a model for their future legislation and policy under king henry the sixth of england richard duke of york being lord deputy the parliament of the pale assembled in dublin repudiated the authority of the english parliament in ireland established a mint and assumed an attitude of almost complete independence on the other hand in fourteen ninety four under henry the seventh the parliament of the pale assembled at drogheda passed poynings act extending all english laws to ireland and subjecting all laws passed in ireland to revision by the english council this extended to the whole of ireland as english power extended remained in force until seventeen eighty two henry the eighth was the first english sovereign to take practical measures for the pacific and diplomatic conquest of the whole of ireland and the substitution of english for irish institutions and methods his daughter queen elizabeth continued and completed the conquest but it was by drenching the country in blood by more than decimating the irish people and by reducing the remnant to something like the condition of the ancient feudor her policy prepared the ground for her successor james i to exterminate the irish from large tracts in which he planted englishmen and scotchmen and to extend all english laws to ireland and abolish all other laws james's english attorney-general in ireland sir john davies in his work a discovery of the true causes etc says for there is no nation of people under the sun that doth love equal and indifferent that is impartial justice better than the irish or will rest better satisfied with the execution thereof although it be against themselves so as they may have the protection and benefit of the law when upon just cause they do desire it the ancient irish loved their laws and took pride in obeying and enforcing them the different attitude of the modern irish towards foreign laws and administration is amply explained by the morally indefensible character of those laws and that administration to be read in english statutes and ordinances and in the history of english rule in ireland a subject too vast and harrowing and in every sense foreign to what has gone before to be entered upon here though the parliament of seventeen eighty two to eighteen hundred was little more than a pale parliament in which the mass of the irish people had no representation whatsoever one of its acts to its credit be it said was an attempt to mitigate the penal laws and emancipate the oppressed gaelic and catholic population of ireland with the partial exception of that brief interval law in ireland has during the last three hundred sixty years meant english laws specially enacted for the destruction of any irish trade or industry that entered into competition with a corresponding english trade or industry in later times those crude barbarities have been gradually superseded by the more defensible laws now in force in ireland all of which can be studied in statutes passed by the parliament since the union with scotland called british references 
pending the desirable work of a more competent brehon law commission and translators the subject must be studied in the six volumes of ancient laws of ireland produced by the first commission from eighteen sixty five to nineteen hundred one ignoring the long introductions and many of the notes whitley stokes criticism of atkinson's glossary london nineteen hundred three Etudes de Histoire de Droit, Paris, 1889. Dubois de Jouvenville and Paul Colinet, Etudes sur le droit Celtique, two volumes, Paris, 1895. Joyce, Social History of Ancient Ireland, two volumes, London, 1913. Lawrence Ginnell, The Brayan Laws, London, 1894. End of section 7